You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of Banner with the Boys Ringside Chirps. I'm your host Kevin and as always, got my main man Smelty over there buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, just another uh, another wild pod here. We haven't talked to wild for a couple weeks and uh, Been a few weeks, rightfully yeah. so to be honest, not a whole lot to talk about, uh, not a lot of excitement for us, but... Now, not a whole lot going on, and we'll, we'll definitely get into some of the meat and potatoes of what's been happening with the boys in, in the green there, but uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Smelty, thanks for being here buddy. Just a little disclaimer here, everybody. Uh, this episode was recorded uh, quite a bit ago. Uh, it's been about a week or so since we've been able to get this thing produced and, and uploaded. So uh, some of the information in today's episode is a little outdated. However, um, we're still super excited to talk about the wild and hope that you guys enjoy the content of today's episode. Uh, so last time we released an episode was on December 17th. Since then, the wild have gone two and five. They played seven games. Obviously, the holiday break kicked in in between that. Played seven games. They've went two and five currently right now on a four game losing streak with that overall record for the wild 16, 17 and four 36 points on the season with five points being out of the second wild card spot. Smelty, just give us an overall. What are you seeing right now? What, what's what's going on? Maybe you can bring us into some of what's what our topics are here today. What, what's going on, buddy? I mean, we, we just need to be honest with ourselves. I mean, obviously we weren't we're not really a contender. Like, truly, truly. I mean, mm-hmm. our soul might say that the Wild are always contenders, but we're just not. And, yep. I mean, we saw that at the beginning of the season. We kind of knew that. However, with the team we have, fairly confident that we could at least make the playoffs and continue, you know, uh, being known as maybe a perennial playoff uh, team. But, I mean, teams know we, we're they're used to first-round exits from us. So, um which sucks, let's just be which, honest. Which sucks, but so where we're at right now honestly doesn't surprise me, but I mean the biggest factor in the, you know, in that four game losing streak is we're losing everybody. They're just dropping like flies, you know. Yeah. Every game there's something new. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, the injury report for the Wild is unbeaten by anybody in the league. For one thing that the Wild are doing great at is getting hurt this season it sounds like. So walk us through a little bit of Who's on the IR? What IR means for for the majority of the players, and kind of walk us through what's up with each player. And we yeah. almost lost another player last night in the first period as well. Hartman almost went out. He came back twelve minutes later, and it was all right, which is good. But we don't need anybody else to go down. So walk us through who's down currently, and, and kind of what their statuses are. Obviously, this may change by the time this episode is released. But as of right now, January fifth, this is where we are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And actually, there's five teams with seven players out right now. That's more than I thought. We're That's one of those lot. five. I thought, I thought the Wild led, um, to be honest. But, I I mean, hockey, bro, it's, it's, a, it's a tough sport. It's hard to stay healthy I get it. for all 82 games. 82 of them things. Got to stay healthy, man. So, yeah, let's get into it here. Uh, I think first of what I'll actually do is cover the injuries, and then I'll kind of circle back and kind of explain to you guys how IR works for the NHL, if you don't know already. So right now, obviously, we got Felino. Uh, he's more day to day at the moment. Uh, you know, today is 
Friday, there's a good chance he could play this weekend, actually. So we'll just see. So definitely, you know, the real definition of day-to-day. So it'd be good to at least get uh, one big body back in the lineup. Moose is one of your assistant captains, right? So you got it. So it'd be great to have him back in the lineup, help with leadership presence, help with the big body, keep us, you know, and, a and more aggressive. And with that, having him back in the lineup, you're still without your captain, Spurgeon, who has now re-aggravated that lower body injury from early on in the season. Yeah. It it prevented him from starting the season on time. Yeah. Uh, So he's out until at least the 10th of January. So he's more of that week to week situation. Um, So hopefully, you know, he's technically a lot of these guys we're going to talk about are quoted out indefinitely, right? There's no exact timetable for them. And when you re-aggravate an injury, who knows? Right. Who knows? So um, I know there's talk that Spurgeon is, you know, undersized and, not not a leader and all that all that jazz, but uh, he's still a good quality player that you need on the ice for you to make a run at that wild card spot. He's just a solid overall defenseman. He's going to be in the right place at the right time when you need him. Go down. I think one of the last games he had, he went down for a dive, swung his stick one way, missed the puck, swung his stick the other way, made the block on the shot, and then got right back up and kept going. That's yeah. the kind of player you need, especially down the stretch, 100%. So... Hopefully he comes back uh, <laughs> sooner than later. Yeah, so Spurge on the IR. Yep. Uh, Brodeen also on the IR. However, he did skate yesterday. Uh, this is January 5th we're talking today. Um, but he did skate yesterday for the first time since injuring his upper body. So, I mean, that's a good outlook for somebody who is also listed technically as out indefinitely. So we could get Brodeen back next week maybe. I, be, I don't know. Um, that'd be great. I mean, that, that, he's still injured from the Evander Kane kind of check that we talked about last episode, yeah. right? He just hasn't been quite right since then, for yeah. sure. Which is, a, which is a bummer. But no doubt. like you said, hockey, big boys game. But another, but another defenseman. You know, yeah. that's, that's two of your top four defensemen. Yeah. Easily, and you have no timetable for them. Absolutely. So, so you pretty much have the Iowa Wild up here right now. So. I know. <laughs> um, which is... Good and bad, right? They're getting experience, but we're on a four-game losing streak, so yep. uh, get it how you live. <laughs> um, all right, Zuccarello also on the IR. However, Zuccarello, um, BG said on the 3rd of January that he could return in 10 days, so we could be looking at a return from Zuccarello on the 13th. Uh, then another guy that you just need on the ice, put pucks in the net. Simple as that. Agreed. Uh, Kirill, uh, also back to the IR. Uh, however, Kirill's is a little bit different. Um, we had Brendan Dillon, the defenseman from the Winnipeg Jets, kind of taking a couple shots at him. And I mean, you're always going to get, you know, shots here and there that'll never get called. That's just how hockey works, man. Yep. Um, you just got to get away with it, right? Yeah. But doing what Brendan Dillon was doing was a little bit extra, to be honest with you. So, and as we'll talk about later, there was some Mm -hmm. other things that came outside of that, but... Um, your boy Russo, actually main man Russo, main man Russo hopped on uh, the local sports station here, K Fan, on the Dan Barrero show, and he actually did say that it is broken ribs allegedly, right from being cross checked multiple times in the back, and Which, you can see where he was cross checking him. There's no protection there. No, on, on, and it was on, on purpose. Yeah, for right. that because you saw him do. I, I believe I saw one of the injuries or one of the the checks that he got injured on was one of them was right on, like, the pads, like, right on, like, your hip. That's what I mean. And then the second one was right above it. Like, and, and I'm going to hurt you. And that second one right above it, there's nothing there. And, and you know it. that. 
Every hockey player knows that. That's so it. That's yep. that's why it was a little dirty. Yep. That's why we see somebody like Ryan Hartman getting involved a little bit later that the whole league and anybody that follows hockey in the U.S. knows about at this point. Um, but just just a shame. Uh, however, Kirill, according to Russo, should only miss a week or two. So we're kind of eyeing up with the, with the IR rules. You're kind of eyeing up the 15th right now. Right, which that'd be crazy because you can't put a cast on ribs. So if it truly is broken ribs, first off, Russo is is that's – that's crazy if he's out there stating that it is broken ribs because you never identify a specific injury. You never, unless it's like a torn ACL. Not in hockey. Not in hockey, right? But like Mason Shaw, he's torn his ACL three times. It's obvious what happened. Like it just is what it is. You know what the injury is, but you don't call out that specific injury very often, if ever. But I think because of what, again, we're going to get into it a little bit later. I wonder if that's why he's like, those cross checks are exactly what caused this specific injury. That's why I'm saying it. Because, again, you never really have somebody calling out, especially in the media, because you, calling out an injury. Because that's just you, making a target. 100%. That's just it. You don't want Krill coming back, and now somebody else is like, all right, let's get Krill out of the game. You again, know what I mean? Yep. And you can't put a cast on ribs. So, like, they, they're going to take longer to heal. Just make sure he's right. Don't don't bring him back too early. If he's not 100, don't, don't do not bring him back. We are... Five points out of the second wild card spot. Still have a shot at the playoffs. We're not even halfway through the season yet, I don't think. We're clo- getting close. Uh, we're, we're close, yeah. We're close, but uh, we're not halfway through the season yet. There's no reason to rush Kirill back, the future of your your franchise back, even though he's been playing kind of dog water this year. But he started getting hot yep. and now got injured, of course. So Nature um, of the wild beast, right? Just, just don't bring him back too early. You know what I mean? If you're sitting in the wild card... Maybe even a chance to top up, jump up to those top three in in your division. Okay, maybe. Yep. Maybe you consider it, but right now, dude, I just there's no point. No, I, I agree. And in any sport, in real reality, you never want to force a player to come back from injury early. But also, these guys are grown adults. So you think about in the playoff and the postseason, these guys are playing through tons of injuries, broken bones. Postseason's different, though. I know. I know? get it. You never want them to have to be in that same situation in the actual season. But again, like you said, you're pushing for like a wild card spot or possibly like getting into the actual playoffs. Not a wild card type of thing. So I get it. Let a guy rest up. He's your again, your franchise player. Give Kirill some time. We'll see what happens. Right, right. And then we got uh old Vinny Letary, also on IR with a lower body injury. Um, you know, just kind of another depth guy that we could actually be using right now. He's got wheels on him. Be great to have him out there on the ice. So I guess we'll kind of see. What what we got going on there? Another guy listed as you know out indefinitely. Still another another one that doesn't have a a hard timetable. Yeah, he was never one of our our staple players in the lineup. He was a good solid person that we would call in and I believe in a backup type of situation. So you never want anybody to be hurt, but he isn't one of your top four, top six guys. So obviously you want him to come back good and healthy. But in the sense of like we've got all of our Iowa Wild players up here, I believe that Vinny is effectively one of those as well. So yeah, hundred percent. Want him to get back. Help the boys down south, but also help us out, too. So, heal up soon, Vinny. For sure, no <laughs> doubt. And then last but not least, oh, Gus Bus to the IR with a lower body. And I do believe, do you remember, do you know, was it a groin? I, I didn't read anything specific. I think it I was a groin I injury. I heard that it could have been a groin, but I, I was literally looking right before we started, and I didn't think I saw anything that confirmed I think it was. that. But if it's a groin as a tendy, you got to take that time, man. You got to make sure it's right. Um, I never, I, you know, as I've stated before, like I've played goalie, but I, I never like pulled my groin, but I definitely like got 
must have got close because, I mean, sure. there's times where you're just like, dude, that's just not quite right, you know? Yeah. So I couldn't imagine pulling a groin and then trying to go out there and play at the level that NHL is. It's just, that's another one, kind of like Kirill. He's got to be, you got to make sure he's 100% right. No sense in rushing him back. Yeah. And possibly re-aggravating a groin injury as a tendy. That's, that could, you could deal with that all season, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and he's, he's your number one. Oh, and, he's been, and, he, and he started getting hot, too, again. Oh, like, yeah. the team started turning it around. Yep, but then, boom, injury bug city, St. Paul, Minneapolis, next stop. That's just where it is right now, unfortunately. I get it, though. I agree. Let him heal up. We need Gustafson back. We need him to be ready to go, uh, especially if we're going to have a push on the, you know, on the stretch here. Obviously, we're not. We're, we're just a handful of games, I believe, shy of, of halfway through the season. Yeah. But, you know, as the Wild always are, they're crap. After the All Star break, yeah, it's coming up true. here in the next few weeks. They usually start really hot and then like backdoor it into the playoffs. Yeah, every not season well. we play yeah. like garbage every year after the the All Star break. So we need these guys to be healed up and hopefully make a push. New coach, new mentality after All Star break. Hopefully, yeah, uh, you That's know, it's all what? we can hope for. Ah, man, we and need something. healthiness, health. Yeah. When when is the when is the All Star game? Do you know? Um, they just announced the lineup. Our boy ninety seven. LOL. Is in there. No. But he's hurt. I don't want him to play. <laughs> <laughs> he can get recognized and stuff. That's cool. That's his third time, by the way, which is crazy. He got in this year because honestly, he's not, hasn't been quite the same Kirill this year. But when is yeah. it? Uh, I believe it's February 3rd. February so 3rd. A little over a month, a little under a month from now. So. so hopefully, if we can, like, you know, limp our way to the All Star break, that gives us, what, another five to seven days of no. No puck for most of our squad. Most of the guys. So yep. hopefully they can heal up and get a hundred percent and we need them to put some together in the second back half here of the season. Yeah. That's like I said, the wild usually play like hot garbage after the, the all-star break. So with the new coach, it's a great point, different leadership, different leadership in the room as far as coaching staff, but also as far as players, you have different um, captains and alternate captains, right? So maybe that'll change things a little bit. Just hopefully we got something, something's going to go for us while here. Sure, yeah, no doubt. So again, Gus Bus to the IR, which just kind of leads me into a quick thing about IR. If you don't know how NHL IR works, um, maybe you're familiar with the NFL pod that we do. And if you have, we've talked about IR on there before. And the minimum, uh, mm, what am I trying to say? Minimum, t- Yeah, minimum term, maybe, whatever. Yeah. Uh, for NFL is four weeks, which seems like a lot of time for like the NHL season, right? That could be how many games is that? Probably oh, ten. That's 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 a lot. I mean, you you, you assume yeah. two, maybe three games a week. So it's ten to twelve games, if not sometimes more. You got a double header in there. So luckily, that's not how it works in the NHL. Thank goodness. Um, but basically, first, you know, you obviously have your club medical staff that determine if a player is unable to perform or what have you, and the severity of the injury. Is it worth the player going to IR or not? If not, usually that's a day-to-day situation. So more of a game-time decision until you're ready to, you know, yep. say you're 100%. Yep. And again, you have to be cleared by medical staff for that to happen. Not just you saying, yep, let's put me in, coach. Right, exactly. <laughs> so if the medical staff decides you, the player can't return in less than seven days, less than a week, then they would make the recommendation to have the player placed on IR, injured reserve. Yep. Um, so the N- the NHL, almost said NFL again, uh, NHL has a minimum of seven days on IR. So What a drastic difference. You cannot touch, right, no kidding. So you cannot touch the player for seven days. Obviously, it can go to team meetings. They can do all that still, actually. Yep. 
but you can't you, you can't put them in the lineup even if they're 100 percent. you gotta wait for that minimum seven days now if you get to the end of the seven days i'd imagine you're reevaluated at that point and like okay can we send a player back to like for us it's the iowa wild right can we send a player back to iowa and activate him off the IR, but maybe now he's a quote-unquote healthy scratch because he needs another game off yep. before he's back. Or, nah, he's he's not right. He's got to go on IR for another seven days. Yeah, or wow. these guys out indefinitely. You just, you probably don't, re- you have probably certain dates that you reevaluate those players, but like yeah. it's not every week at that point if they're out indefinitely. Like you, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot that comes into it, especially with, all the cap issues that the wild are having and, and injuries and stuff coming up. They're having to juggle a lot and IR being only seven days compared to the NFL. It's a drastic difference. So makes it a little bit different. Like can you imagine if no matter what Caprice had to be out for a month? Oh my God. That'd be wild. Yeah, no that pun intended. Suck. It'd be crazy. Oh, well. Right. So we're lucky that it's only a week, but we hate to see all these players being out. The fact that they do have the ability to be reevaluated so quickly, they can only miss potentially a couple of games in a week. So Got to give them some chance to heal up and get better. But we'll see what happens going forward. Um, that does bring us into our next point here, though, with Gustafson being out. Who's our latest backup here? I know you and uh, one of our other co-hosts, Kyle, had a nice discussion about uh, some of the goaltending statuses here. What's uh, What do you got to say about this one here, buddy? I love it. Uh, you absolutely bring Zane McIntyre up. Now, if Jesper would have been healthy... Do I think they bring up Jesper? I'm sure they probably make that decision to do that. Uh, and with five five points out of the wild card, you're definitely there's still definitely plenty to play for at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's just I just wish we could hold off to Jesper until next season, seriously, and then sure. and then give him get give him the starting role or have him be Gustafson's backup, which I'm yeah. cool with. But like if he gets hot, I'm cool with him taking over for Gus next season. Yeah. But I just, I, I hate to rush him this year. And now, again, it, j- it just really depends when Gus can return. Yeah. Well, I think to that point is, is had Jesper been healthy, I believe 100% that the Wild would have brought him up. The downside sure. now is that with Gustafson still being out, Jesper's coming back from that injury, and I believe he's playing tonight, if not tomorrow night, in Iowa. His first game back from injury. So... That now poses the question, when the Wild play tomorrow night or play the subsequent game after tomorrow, if Jesper is back, say, tonight and plays his game there, would the Wild bring him up and play Saturday night? No. Would they wait? He could come up and and be a backup to Saturday night, but I don't think they'd bring him up to have him play directly tomorrow. No, no, that's what I meant. I meant as a backup for the Wild, but also you got to think, Fleury hasn't been playing fantastic. He's been playing well, but not like... He's been playing great, better as of late, but we're still not winning games. And again, we mm-hmm. there's plenty of other things going on too. I mean, we can't blame it all on Flurry at nope. this point either. Absolutely not. But you got the Iowa Wild up here playing against the, uh, you know stars of the NHL, so you're not going to win every game. But but I, but I put something together. But I do see that as a possibility. If Jesper is healthy, it's hard to not want to bring him up. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, one of the best, if not the best, current goaltending prospect in the entire NHL. So it's 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 just so hard to yeah. pull back the reins and just be like, no, stay. <laughs> you know, you know what yep. I mean? Like I just I'd love to see him up here for sure next season. That's just where I'm gonna stand. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna die on that hill because I'm sure <laughs> we'll see him up here. If he's healthy, yeah. 
and Gus, like, let's say they get new news, right? I, let's say they wait. Yep. So let's say Jesper plays tonight, maybe. In, in Iowa. I, in Iowa. Yep. And then we wait to bring him up until you get the next, like, that next uh, evaluation of Gus. Mm-hmm. If Gus, if they say Gus is down for another two weeks at least. You're probably bringing I think him you up. See him, I think you see Jesper coming up and making his real legitimate debut. Yeah, well, because right now, Zane McIntyre, I believe he's played maybe a dozen or so. I think it was like 8 to 10, maybe 12 games with Boston. So he's got a little bit of NHL experience. Well, and he's played he's played in situations like this before mm-hmm. for the Wild, but he's always been more of that fill-in role. Like, yeah. you know, his role in the NHL is probably going to be a career backup guy. You know, you never know. Guys can get hot, though, and that's yeah. where you sign a big contract. Look at Darcy Kemper. Got hot, yeah. won himself a cup. And then he signed a pretty lucrative deal with, I think he's with the Capitals right now, after the Avs. I can't remember Sounds where he right. went. I can't be remember. Wrong. Could yeah. have been the other way around. I don't know. <laughs> I know he won the cup with the Avs, though. Yep. But, but, you know, it just depends on when in your career you get hot. Yeah. I agree. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I agree with you in the sense of I'd love to see him down in Iowa just continuing to develop, especially after coming off of such a hardcore injury to the, you know, his, I'm not sure what, what Jesper's injury is, but I also want Gustafson to take his time, right? So that, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Both of the goaltenders are coming back from an injury, potentially. I would say, obviously, let Gus chill and grill for a bit. Let him heal up, make sure he's 100%. Same thing for Jesper. Let him heal up, make sure he's 100%. That's what I mean, man. Why? You know, why no even? And Zane hasn't played a game yet at the NHL level level this year. Yeah. So I say, you know, Flurry's played the last two, I believe. Something like that. It's yeah. not the last three. I think the last three because it went Winnipeg, Calgary, and then we just they just lost to Tampa. Tampa last night. So I think three, yeah. maybe we see Zane start tomorrow night, and then that also helps with that decision making on what to do with Jesper if he is a hundred percent healthy. Yeah. If Zane does okay, let Jesper get back in the swing of things in Iowa. Wait a week, see if you get new news on Gus. Yeah. And then kind of go from there. But I'm sure this is a day to day thing that BG is sitting there thinking oh, yeah. about. I. I Honestly, I, I I agree with your point, but I don't think that the Wild will put Zane in over Flurry if it's not a back-to-back. I think they're going to let Zane just ride the bench as long as Flurry is okay and they're not doing two games in a row. As much as I'd like to give Flurry a break just for craps and gigs just to see how Zane does. Flurry also plays better when he stays in the game. So it's it's a tough situation. Yep. Yep. We'll see what happens. There's a lot, obviously, to go into all that decision-making. We're not the GMs, but... Obviously, if, God. if BG is listening, you know, take some advice in the banner with the boys, boys here and uh, leave uh, leave Jesper to cook a little bit longer down there, man. Let him just kill it down there. He's doing so well. Don't rush it. I agree with Smelty's point, but also on the side of that, too, is uh, you don't want to run Zane is your point. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> sure, sure. Fair enough. That's about it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Fair enough. All right. And on to our next topic here. Let's talk about some of the young guns here for the Wild that have really shown their stuff this season. Uh, we've talked about them all season so far. Brock Faber, number seven on the defense, taking over from my man, main man, Dumba. Let's talk about him. We talked about him a couple times already this year. Kid's a stud. Last time we talked, he'd already played a couple of games with over 30 minutes of ice time or just shy in one of the games. It was like thirty couple of 30-minute games. Yeah, it was 30 minutes, 33 minutes, 28 minutes there, and then another 30-minute game. It's just... Just crazy how how this guy is able to just to stack up. And there's a tweet that he said, how are you doing this? He said, caffeine and adrenaline and just trying to be there for the boys. Nice, trying to be there for the boys. How? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But no, I mean, 
you talk ice time in uh <laughs> geez let me gather my thoughts wow but in uh in all the rookies you know he's leading in ice time by over four four minutes which is crazy especially as a rookie and especially when Connor bedard exists like yeah. don't get me wrong different position right so yep. it's going to be slightly different but it's obvious the wild are leaning on their young their oh, young yeah. stud defenseman and he's but he's showing up too he also is tied for the best plus minus in yeah. for all rookies which that's crazy the I other believe... rookie that is at nine with him is a wing or something right i think he's he's he was not even in calder contention earlier this season now he's in second place no, well, he's not. That's what Russo had tweeted out the other day. He's now in Listen, second place for the Calder Cup. I think this is the first time I'm going to have to disagree with your boy Russo because I don't pull it up, pull it I'm up because I'm it curious. Up right yeah, as we pull speak. it up. Go this ahead. is live. Pull live it up because I'm speak. because I'm curious. Because I swear to God, I was just looking it up, and he's had votes though. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, Faber's had votes. Rossi has also actually gathered himself a couple votes. Not, oh yeah, he's not going to con- contend. And I don't think anybody honestly, truly is going to actually contend and beat out Connor Bedard. But definitely not Ross. As much as I like Rossi and how great he's played this season, no doubt he doesn't. He, he's he's not going to beat Bedard. Rossi is just not there. Rossi is third in with rookies in points. Really? He's about uh, what was it nine or ten behind Bedard? So Bedard, that's impressive. Bedard's sitting at thirty three points. Rossi's sitting at twenty three. Wow. And Rossi's plus minus is seven. Connor Bedard, negative 22. That's actually kind of, whoa. That's insane. Yeah, dude. So it's kind of, how many points does he have again? Uh, Connor Bedard is 33 points. 33 points, but a minus 22. So effectively, is a, a, in my opinion, is a plus minus. Dude, check this out, case. too. That's wild. Not to just, like, read stats off, because, again, I, like I, hate, I hate just reading stats, because, like, anybody can do that, right? But it, it's how you interpret those, but and I think we do a good job of that here. We do, we do. So. But listen to this, dude. Ross, Rossi's got 33 penalty minutes this season. Holy crap. 33 penalty minutes? Compared to 12 for, like, Bedard and 16 for, uh, I can't remember how to say his name, Fatilli. Something like that, yeah. Wow. 33. Granted, I do know that he fought somebody for the first. He had himself a Gordie Howe hat trick earlier this season. He fought somebody, got an apple and a goal. So, like, that's kind of snazzy. Oh, that's right. That's right. See that was recently, drop, too. That yeah. was. You're not going to see Bedard drop the gloves. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I think that right there earns him at least a, a plus one in my book. And Rossi actually has a pretty high shot percentage. Out of people, now, of course, these stats could be skewed here because there's guys... In here, when I sort it by shot percentage, there's yep. guys in here that have played one game, you know. Huh. But, like, out of guys that have actually played the game, I mean, Rossi's right there, probably top five, six, seven in shot percentage, sitting there with a 15.1 shot percentage. That's not bad. It's pretty good, especially for a young buck. But did you find that? I did. I just texted it to you, funny you enough, you? so you could see it on your phone. But, yes, so Michael Russo tweeted January 2nd, 2024. In one month, Brock Faber went from off the board to second best odds for the Calder Trophy. Oh, second best odds. Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. Got it. But hey, don't forget, like, that's impressive, especially for a defenseman. No, no kidding. A rookie defenseman. I feel like a rookie is always going to be it. someone who's just a sniper. Because like, Kaprizov won it a couple a few years back, didn't he? When he was first in the wild. I don't think Kaprizov won the Calder. Somebody else did, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I could be wrong. And, and if I'm wrong, that looks really bad on me. But, <laughs> but uh, no, it is interesting to, to note that Faber's climbed that much considering... He's a defenseman on a team that's completely underperforming. Yeah. 
but still did, getting points. So did, yeah, Kaprizov did, did win. win. Who did Kaprizov he beat out? Did it say who he beat out? I don't remember who he beat out, but he won it in the 2021 season for his rookie year. Okay, okay. As yeah. as I'm sure he should have, but I was just curious. I couldn't remember who else was considered. Back in 21 is a couple of years ago. A lot of player, a lot of stuff going on. Plus, I was back in like the COVID era as well then too. So a lot, a lot of stuff happening back there. But at the end of the day, Rossi is still playing pretty darn solid. Faber's playing pretty darn well as well. The, the thing that sucks, again, that we talked about before, lineup changes and whatnot. The thing I think is actually, I was, I kind of contradicted myself in doing some research for this. While they've been notorious for changing up their defensive pairings. I complained about it earlier in the season in one of our earlier episodes, but they've actually kept the Middleton and Faber lineup pairings ever since those 30 plus minute games where Faber was just a stud. Hasn't gotten worse, quote unquote, per se worse by any means. I'm liking his play still. He's still on the power play, I believe. I think he's doing pretty well. I like what I'm seeing from Faber. I, I think he's a, a very, very good addition to the team. Obviously, I'd love to see him back with Brodeen. Once Brodeen comes back, I think that's going to be a huge asset for us to get those two back together. Middleton will probably go down to the second or third pairing, and we'll, we'll call our day from there. But I want to see him back. All right, now we're going to talk about something that's a little bit controversial. Smelty and I mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode. We're going to get into it. Let's just jump into it here. As Philip DeFranco says, let's just jump right into it. So, Ryan Hartman. We talked about the the aggressive uh, cross-checks to Kaprizov. I took him out. Ryan Hartman pretty much blatantly hit uh, Perfetti square in the face off of a face-off. And it was kind of a back and forth. He said, she said for a little bit there of was it on purpose? Was it an accident? There's a quote, couple of quotes I'm going to read off here from Russo's athletic article stating it's written on the wall that he's wearing a mic. Uh, I know he's wearing it all game. He comes up to me multiple times and asks me if I did it on purpose. And finally, I just told him I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose. So I didn't tell him, hey, I did that on purpose. He kept coming up to me and I finally said, I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose. That was the extent of it. Let's just stop right there for a second. That seems like he was fishing. To me. Oh, no doubt. 100%, right? Like, if he's going to come up to you and ask you the same question multiple times, you're absolutely fishing for something. Absolutely. Some sort of answer or reaction or something. Yep, absolutely. And it, and, and, and Hartman also put in, uh, Russo put in the Hartman article here as well. That he's, the Russo states, or excuse me, Hartman states, I'm trying to be better on draws. Uh, off the faceoff before he hit him in the face, the kid comes in with his head really low, and I'm trying to be hard on the puck and hard on him. So you can take that any way you want. And then talking about one of his other suspensions that was kind of brought up in the correlation on my Ehlers suspension, Ehlers runs Kirill again, standing up for Kirill after getting blatantly destroyed behind the net. So I make a hard, clean hit on Ehlers uh, after I have the puck. And obviously with this play, the one we're talking about now, how it happened, I'm not sorry he got hit in the face. It happens on faceoffs. And as far as what I said, uh, and I'm not going to say that it wasn't on purpose. If I can say something to get them fired up and get them to retaliate. I'm not going to apologize to the kid uh, or say that it wasn't that it was on accident. I'm going to try to fire them up. How do you take that? There's a lot happening here, Smouncy. There's a lot. Give, I ta- me, give me your thoughts. I take that how everyone should take that, uh, that he did it 100% on purpose. And I mean, you see, the, you've seen the video? Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, pretty it's, blatant. Yeah, it's pretty blatant, right? Yep. But like, somebody's got to stand up for Kirill. And a lot of these times, people aren't getting called when Kirill yeah. gets decked. 
So at some point, he's just trying to do something to make the league pay attention. So hopefully yep. they pay attention to what happens before the Hartman incident. What, yes. what caused that? What happened right before that? Oh, there was that. Why was that not called? You yep. know what I mean? That's a lot of times. So hopefully happens. that's that's the hope with it, too. But I mean, Hartman was also, you know, also now that he has. I, I like using the words allegedly, right? Because he didn't say that he did it yep. on, on tape, but yep. he pretty much did. Um, yep. But he was fined the maximum amount just under the 5, CBA. 000. Yeah, $4,427. Hey, for NHL players, it makes a little bit more of a difference than, say, like an NFL player. That's true. But, yeah, dude, I, that's, it's that's wild crazy. Somebody's got to Somebody's got to do the dirty work, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, I'm not a fan of dirty plays, though. I really am yeah. not. So, as much as I get why he did it, it it does suck to see how blatantly obvious it was to me that mm-hmm. he that he hit him in the face. Yeah. So in in the article there there was a there was a, a bit I believe from Sportsnet. Um, a couple of the the reporters on Sportsnet had gone back and forth a bit talking about was it fair? Was it a good hit? Was it dirty? Was it called for? How does the league's like standard on these types of plays? like self-policing, if you will, how does that come into the mix? And one side of the table was like, how can you do that? Would you want your kids to do that? Or how would you feel if your kid got cracked in the face by a stick as retaliation for something he wasn't even involved in? Other side of the table is like, the refs aren't calling it. Our best player got injured. He's continuously getting cross-checked, cheap shots that no one's calling. You have to self-police. Do you go after the guy who's doing it? And just kind of squash the beef? Or do you go after somebody else? And maybe in the postseason, if you play Winnipeg, now you've got Perfetti in your back pocket saying, hey, kid, you better watch yourself and tell your boys to watch themselves because if anybody th- anything happens to Kaprizov, you know what happens. Right. It's a wild thing where I love the NHL to where the aggressiveness and the physicality can come out. You can drop the gloves, square it up man to man. But also in this case here, I wasn't a huge fan that he did it against somebody who wasn't the player that did, sure, the, fair the, enough. That did it. However, it's all gamesman and sportsmanship, right? And to the part of it where one of the players had stated that the guy that it happened to, Perfetti, didn't say anything to his teammates that Hartman said, hey, I did this on purpose. Apparently, Perfetti said, I kept that to myself, kept it on Allegedly, the chest. Allegedly, right? Allegedly on the but chest. But if he did... Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm getting to right that's here. huge. He said, Perfetti apparently said, I didn't tell anybody on my team until after the game was over. Hartman in this article said, if everything that was said on the ice was released, the media, there'd be a lot more people in the league that would be in trouble. Uh, and then right after that, he said, I talked to multiple Jets players during the third period and he told everyone. So Perfetti is like, I didn't say anything. Kept it on the chest. Oh, I kept it to myself. And his teammates are saying that no, he did tell he us. He told everybody in the third. Yeah, Yo. he said I didn't. He's, so Hartman said in quotes, "He's acting like I didn't say anything. They made me tell them." And then he's blanking, told everybody right away. And then to bring it up to the media, whatever. I'm not going to apologize for high sticking him. I didn't see Dylan apologize for cross checking Kirill. I love it. Now it gets greasy. That so, right there, that's NHL in a nutshell right that's there. That's it, man. I mean, these players hold grudges all year, and like, you just better not say the wrong thing, or otherwise, you know what, let's just take care of what happened three months ago right now. Well, and that's the thing, too. The wild, If you remember the Felino Superman punch a couple yep. of years oh, yeah. ago, opening Classic. night, was against the Winnipeg Jets. 
against none other than Dylan. Yeah, of course. So like, and I believe that was a retaliatory punch and a fight for some garbage that he was doing. Yeah. So I could be wrong on that, but I was at that game. That game was the crazy. Superman pit punch was ridiculous. Yes. Home opener, season or season home opener at the X. That's what you get from Felino. Just a crazy night. Yeah. A wild one anyway. But at the end of the day, where do you stand on this? Do you think the cross check in the face was warranted for what happened to Kirill? Now knowing that he broke his ribs, potentially. And he's out week to week. Or do you think that it's not warranted because it was against a not, a, not a player involved in the situation? Well, first off, at least it wasn't a cross check in the face because that would probably be like possible charges, <laughs> right? Using a weapon or some, some crazy something stuff. something there, But I'm like sure, he yeah. did stick, like made it look like he's trying to stick lift him and just completely miss and just plows him in the face. He does. I mean, yep. um, if Kirill's ribs are injured, now I guess that sounds messed up, right? If I'm like, oh, well... If Kirill's ribs are not actually broken, then I hate it. But if they are, you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. that makes me sound stupid. But I think no matter what, something had to happen, and it did, yep. and he got caught. You know, there's a, a lot of stuff that happens on the ice that does not get caught. Oh, of course. That happens all the time. Yep. So I think he just was too blatant with it. He got caught. Do I think... You should try to injure another player ever. Absolutely not. Not on purpose. If it's an um, accidental thing, then it is what it is. It's it, part you know, of the game. It sucks. It sucks. Yep. But like the cross check to the back where you know there's no protection. It was twice. That's messed up. Yep, that's bad. Yeah, that's messed up. So I'm not a that's fan. That's my two cents. Yeah, no, I agree, but I'm not a fan of it. Um, at the end of the day, what's done is done. We'll see. We do play them again, I believe, like mid-January, early February, I think. So I don't know exactly what day they'll play them, but... It'll be interesting to see how that game pans out and to see how this translate over because this is obviously not done. No, no, it's no. not finished. So there's there's definitely some more uh, more to this coming. That's for sure. So yeah, we play them on uh, February twentieth away in Winnipeg. So oh, wonderful! It'll be interesting. That'll to be see. fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a fun game to watch. And really quick here, we're gonna follow up on a topic that we had talked about in our last episode. Whitey, Andrew Haight, uh, the Minnesota Wilds kind of just right-hand man for Bill Guerin, um, not Bill Guerin, but just for the team in general, let me rephrase, uh, has agreed to mutually part ways with the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club. That, to me, speaks volumes to what actually happened with those allegations and whatnot that we talked about. To me, it seems like something got crazy heated. Bill Guerin said something that was just off-the-cuff, excessive, unwarranted, uncalled for. Andrew Haight was like, no, dude, like that's not okay. Went to HR. HR did their investigation externally with a different company, a different firm. They found some information, went back and forth with it, sent their findings to the league. Nothing was really done. Haight stepped away for a bit, and now they've agreed to mutually part ways. It seems like when Haight came back, things were still either really, really weird or wonky or just not not okay. He didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like he didn't feel comfortable enough to continue working there anyway. Yeah. Like obviously something was still off. He was like, you know what? I'm done. So, yep. And that sucks. He, again, the articles that, you know, interviews in the podcast that he and Russo have done that I love to listen to. It's this guy means a lot to the organization, breaks his back 24 seven for the crew. I'm hoping that he gets picked up. If he wants to continue in the NHL, I'm really sure that his experience 10 years with the wild will go and take him very, very far. With another team, if he decides to stay in the in the league, maybe he goes off and does something else. Who knows? But time will tell. But unfortunately, Andrew Haight has stepped away mutually from the Wild. 
And just one more quick thing. I mean, well, actually, we got one more thing after this, actually, that's really exciting. We got to some talk cool about. stuff. Actually, really exciting. Yep. Um, but one more quick thing here. Uh, just to note, the two, 2024 IIHF World Junior Champions as Team USA, of course. They beat Sweden 6-2. to two, uh, Kind of led there by Isaac Howard, who actually ended up being the player of the game. But he is a Tampa Bay Lightning prospect. Boo. But uh, actually... Fun fact, I have been to a couple Tampa Bay Lightning games there, and yeah. that place is surprisingly lit. Really? Oh, dude, the atmosphere in there, I couldn't believe it, actually. Huh. I did not think... Uh, think Tampa's a big hockey, no, hockey city? Dude, no, I, you know, their teams have always been all right, but I did not think they yeah. were a big hockey city. But wow, dude, that like that's an experience. If you're ever down there for the heck of it and want to see a random hockey game, that's the place absolutely hit it up, dude. It's, nice. it's fun. But... Uh, yeah, all in all, I just wanted to mention that. Congrats to them. Um, you know, USA Hockey looks bright. But you but you have something really exciting to talk about here more locally, but definitely more nationally as well. But Internationally as well. Yeah. Is, oh, you're right. It is yeah. international. Yeah, take it away. Let, so, let us have it for the, to wrap us up here. Yeah, so last segment we're going to talk about here is the newly formed, newly created, newly begun PWHL, Professional Women's Hockey League has officially begun three games under the belt for the, the league. This is awesome. There are six teams in the league. I'll rattle them off. You got Boston, of course, Minnesota, Montreal, New York, Ottawa, and Toronto. All hockey cities, too. That's exactly that, it. All cla- like classic hockey cities from back in the day, yes. other than maybe Minnesota, but obviously like it's part of our life here. Yeah. And when you grow up, you grow up around the game. Yeah. So other than us, that's a lot of almost original... With almost the original six, yeah. almost. Yep. I'm to say I'm excited about this is an understatement. First things first, women's sports in the US and in the world and internationally is growing exponentially. Let's just be real. Women's soccer, basketball, now hockey. And what do you think started that? It's gotta be women's soccer, I would imagine. I think women's really soccer put when they women's put the pressure, sports more on the map. When they put the pressure on to get equal pay. I believe it was the women's uh, national, US women's Olympic national team. team did yep. that. Yeah, I think when they started pushing for that, I think that brought awareness because they won that, if I'm not mistaken, and that really yeah, brought did. awareness to women's sports in general. And from there, I think it really just went crazy. I think people in the world and the, especially in the U.S. started focusing on women's sports. I know my wife and I and my, our families heavily focused on women's soccer, and now women's hockey is a thing. And we're going to the first home game for the PWHL Minnesota team. They don't have names; it's just the states. Um, or the, the city that they're in tomorrow at the Axel Energy Center. This By the time this episode airs, this game may already be over or be coming out soon, but the say where I'm excited about this is an understatement. I'm jacked for this. I just hope that they can garner, you know, people are like, oh, can they bring in the viewers? Can they bring in the the fans, you know? And you said already for Minnesota's home game tomorrow, you're looking at 10,000 tickets sold? Yeah, so I, I like, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it was either Ottawa or Toronto. One of those two cities has set the record so far for a women's hockey game, professional standings, or sorry, uh, professional uh, hockey game for capacity. It was over 8,000 seats at that game. That Which is sold. crazy for a brand new crazy. league. I think it was the first game ever, if I'm not mistaken. First or second game in the league that was ever played. And then now they're coming to Minnesota, playing at the Axel Energy Center where the Wild are playing, or where the Wild play with a capacity of over 19,000. The lower bowl right now, from my understanding, is almost sold out. With the club level now being open, there is apparently rumors of already over 10,000 seats sold for this game. 
I think that Minnesota is going to show up tomorrow, and I am all for it. Dang, they opened the club level, huh? I think they opened the club level, I level think, which is crazy. I think, so you, you mentioned how they're called uh, PWHL yep. state, you know, yep, or state province, or city or whatever. Yeah. whatever. Um, I think eventually if the league does actually take off, you can see team names at that point, and Absolutely. then an expansion to 8, 10, 12 teams. Mm-hmm. And and I really hope that happens. That would be awesome. It'd be awesome for the game of hockey as a whole. Yes. But it's awesome for all these these little girls out there that there's so many girls that play, uh, having to play on a boys team because e- either they don't have a girls team local to them, yep. or or they want to hit boys and that's fine because you can <laughs> at some point. Um, yep. But I th- I think it's great. I think it grows the game for everybody. Yes. You know, and just just in comparison, right? Let's say. There is 10,000 seats sold tomorrow, and I'm really curious. So, you know, now that we're, you know, this is going to be Minnesota Hockey Ringside Chirps, we will be talking about the women's team as well here in Minnesota. So I'm curious as the next episode is to see your experience at the game tomorrow. But if there is 10,000 sold, let me put it to you this way. I know you don't watch football, but you've heard of like the XFL becoming a thing again, right? Yep. That other football league. Yep. You know, there's a USFL too. Yep. But the XFL, right? So their top attendance at the XFL, 35,000. That's in St. Louis. It was a big deal because it's a secondary league and they're still garnering 35,000. That's crazy. That's I get crazy. It. That is a lot. Yep. The next step down is only 14,000 at second second most attendance. So their lowest attendance though, 6,000. Wow. And then above that, 8,000 and then 11,000 and 12,000. We could see the Women's Hockey League already start pushing some of those numbers, yeah. which would be pretty crazy. And I know it's messed up for me to compare it to the XFL, but I just was thinking here while you started talking about it, yeah. I was like, you know, I wonder how many fans the XFL garnered, you know, because it yep. was on TV, on ESPN, um, most of the games. And again, St. Louis was packed because they used to have an NFL team and they they probably want one back there again. But <laughs> um, so maybe that's why they're showing out whatever. But could be. I think that's interesting. If Ottawa had 8,000 fans, that's already more. Now, obviously, this is at the, the average for the year for the XFL for each team, right? Yep. But it's crazy that you said Ottawa or Toronto. It was one of the two. Said, I can't remember off the top of my head, but okay. it was one of the two that but, set the record. But it, but it was 8,000, and that's wow. already at the second lowest attendance for the XFL. Yeah, and this is their I believe that's that the first the game ever. First or second game ever, I think, which is crazy. And also, another thing I just found, for the first game ever for the PWHL, which was on New Year's Day. Yep. In Canada, there was 2.9 million viewers. Wow. Wow. 2.9 million viewers. Isn't that insane, dude? I think that right there, Spouncy, is is just, it's what you need to see. What you need to hear that people are actually paying attention, right? People are listening, people are watching, and people are going. And that is freaking sweet. I think it's something to pay attention to for sure and Agreed. see how the growth happens. I, I think they play, um, let's see, I did look it up. Um, but are you excited to go to the game tomorrow? Dude, I'm so stoked, man. To be really honest with you, I, I was goofed. And I, I goofed when I bought the tickets, and I bought tickets in the single attack zone because when I was purchasing them, I had tickets in the double attack zone and also single attack in the cart just for giggles to see what like the price difference was. And it was not a very big difference at all. I thought I got rid of the single attack tickets and I purchased them, but I actually got rid of the double attack zone tickets and bought the single attack, but to be really honest with you, I don't care. I'm just excited. My wife and I are going to go to this. We love women's soccer. We love women's sports. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm curious about the atmosphere. I think it's going to be fun, and I think you're going to see a lot of 
you know, young girls getting 100%. the opportunity to finally see these pro, you know, women at the pro level do yes. it. They, they've yep. probably all been to a wild game at this point. If they love the sport, you know, that's where you do, or you go to a gopher hockey game, men's or women's, because the yep. women's team there is awesome as well. Um, actually, historically has been. They're a little off right now, but they're they're great. Um, yep. But it just gives them another another chance. So I, I just, I think yeah. the atmosphere there will be great. I agree with you. And just to throw it over to soccer again here for a couple of seconds. So the Minnesota Aurora is the Minnesota's women's soccer team. When my wife and I had their, or when they had their inaugural first season, my wife and I were season ticket holders. I can't tell you how many times you saw just little girls with giant smiles on their faces, watching these women run around, play, celebrate goals, come around and give everybody high fives over the, over the seats around the, the field when the games were over, when they won, waiting for autographs and just like their faces lit up. It was insane. And that's going to be the same thing with this hockey same league. Thing I mean, I, I really think so. And it's not just Minnesota. I think all the cities that have a team right now, granted, again, it's only six. And I did look up. They play 24 games. Yes, you're right. Um, yep. But I, I just think it's great. I think we'll see. I think the first year is going to be super successful. Yeah. I only saw s- snippets of the game, but it was it was fast-paced game. I mean. First two goals for the Minnesota team. One by Taylor Heisey, who was the first overall draft pick, which was insane. Just an absolute snipe, Golden a little back for. forth and upper left over the glove. Uh, shoulder, just a snipe. And then uh, Sophia Cunnan, I believe. Not sure if she's related to Luke, uh, an ex-Wild oh, player. Oh, we're going to figure ago. that out. That'd, just, be, that'd be crazy if she was. She had a snipe as well. Same concept. Both goals were directly over the glove. Uh, I'm a glover blocker. I can't remember what side it was, but it was over the left. or Yeah, goaltender's right shoulder. Upper shelf him. somewhere. Yep, top shelf. Beautiful goals, uh, and they look great. Dude, yeah, the team looks good. It's been I, fun to watch. I wonder if they'll uh, if they score at home if they'll play the the Wilds horn. I was thinking about that Dude, myself. I really hope they do. That'd be fun. I, I'm pretty sure that they will, just because like if you're trying to get the arena rocking, and you're gonna have just like some goofball down there with like a blow horn or like a bullhorn or something like that. Like nah, that's not gonna be like, an air no, horn. No, I don't do that. That's not it. You're, you're gonna a, use you're the whole huge, thing. Pro arena that sits nineteen thousand. You're using the system. Use the system, bro. Yep. I, light the lighthouse up. Yes. Let it get it banging in there. Get bring the DJ in. Yes. The whole the whole work. The shirt so, guy. I I hope give they, me the shirt guy. I hope they really give it the same effort as they do wild games. Yes. You know, as and far I, as like presentation. Yep. And I think depending, I think it would only do good. Absolutely. I think depending on how many people show up to these games, if they continue to sell out the production for these games will continue to increase. Oh, 100%. It's just a financial thing, right? For sure. For if sure. You're With anything that's starting. Absolutely. If look, you're at, look at us, a, right? <laughs> right. Right. If you're expecting a few thousand people to show up and you've now got three times that amount that are going to show up. You're going to start spending more money to absolutely. make it a better experience. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to pay for the shirt guy. You're going to pay for the DJ to spin records there in the middle of the intermissions and stuff. You're going to pay for all sorts of different production and just craziness. You're going to show up because if that's the expectation going forward, this league's not going anywhere. This is going to be awesome, and you're going to hear a lot more about it in the next couple episodes of Minnesota Ringside well, th- Think about it, too, real quick, and, and, and we should really wrap this up because we've already gone too long. But like, if, if you think about it, this can also have a trickle-down effect not only to, uh, like, it, you know, the U8, U12, U16 teams, all that stuff, yep. but also the college level because now, Absolutely. now these girls that might be like in high school, like, no, I'm done. I'm just going to focus on school. Yeah. There's nothing after college for hockey. So there's no point. Well, now there could be, there is, this and is you it. could make money. Yeah. I'm not sure what the average salary for these players doesn't is. doesn't matter I, right I now. Guarantee the, it's going to go up. The, these, 
what what are they what do they call it? The um the trailblazers. These women right now are the trailblazers for what could be of this league. Absolutely. And it, and again it could just grow the game at every level on this on the way down. So I, I'm excited to see it. I'm really excited to hear how your experience goes tomorrow. And uh yeah, we'll we'll just go from there with it. Yeah. So looking it up real quick, the 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 general play for or the pay from my understanding uh, from Reuters website is certainly pay equality will remain far off um, going forward. But right now at the standing, the beginning of things right now, league is beginning. A lot of stuff still starting. The budget's not there. Average salary from my understanding is 55,000. You know what? It's not terrible. It's, it's obviously in comparison to NHL, it blows, right? Cause mi- league vet minimum is 750 in the NHL. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. But also the NHL has been around for a hundred years, over a hundred years. So this league has not even been around for two months. Yeah. So it's going to take a while to like get up to that level, you know, but who knows? I mean, 55 K to at least continue playing the game you love. And in the off season, you're probably allowed to either do whatever you want, get a job or whatever if you want. But like, yep, I'm sure there's other ways or hold youth camps or I I don't know. There's definitely a ton of avenues. This could go in a, in a positive way. Absolutely. For not just, you know, the team, and women in general, but just the community again. Absolutely. I think I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for this. I'll definitely report back. We'll do another episode of this here pretty quick coming up so I can kind of recap it and talk a little about it, a little bit about it. But looking at it right now, there's 20, I believe, 24 games that the, that the ladies play, uh, and I'm excited about them. You guys can catch them online. I believe the PWHL YouTube channel streams all the games for free. You can catch them. Which your- is exactly how what you need to do right yes. now to get – to get people to watch it. You can't have it behind a paywall. No, That's silly. not right now. Nope. There's no way. Now, granted, I think there'd still be people that would pay. Of course. But I think you need to grow it first. So of I think course. that's a really good idea. It's on Valley Sports. If you guys have that in your local area and you have a team, right now it's on Valley Sports North here in Minnesota. Same team, excuse me, same uh, channel that the Wild play on. So, um, which kind of makes sense, right? Everything in the arena is already set up for all that. So just keep it, right? Just use yeah, it. yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited about it, Smouncy. Just, it's just another thing we can talk about on the on the Minnesota hockey rinkside chirps. You know, I Darn think we're right. going to start working in some gopher talk into it mm-hmm. or St. Cloud State. I mean, all of them. We got D- Division One hockey all around us. I think it's worth talking about as well. So we may work yeah. some of that in here. We got the PWHL Minnesota squad. This is going to be exciting. Uh, obviously, our beloved Minnesota Wild, which is kind of our flagship for this show for sure. Yep. No doubt that won't change. We'll focus on the boys. We'll bring in the rest and uh, let us know what you guys want to hear. If you want to hear more about the, the ladies playing for PWHL Minnesota, let us know. If you want to hear more about the Gophers or the Lady Gophers or the women's Gopher team, let us know if you want to hear more about that. Whatever, you know, whatever you guys want to hear, you know, more about, we'll, we'll start bringing them in. But uh, I can't tell you how excited I am. It's going to be sweet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been Minnesota Hockey Ringside Chirps. Smelty, any final thoughts? Nah, man. Uh, Lace them up. Go play some puck. Absolutely. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll catch you in the next one. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.